Hello and welcome to Round the Archives in Conversation Hello. for the second take as the first one didn't work. <laughs> this is getting embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> it could be a long night, guys. Stop, it could be a really long night. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Joining us again is Lisa. Hello. Martin. Hello. Hello. And Paul. Hello. Hello, Paul. <laughs> right. We thought we'd carry on talking about detectives and mm-hmm. Lisa you suggested there are some more lady detectives yes we thought we should look at the, the more in slightly more in depth mm. about some of the female police women there would be female, female police, police women, women. Yes. and other <laughs> detectives yeah. yes. yes but Martin uh, you recently had to do a cover uh, in memoriam for Jill Gascoigne. I did indeed. So, um, yes, uh, it was uh, April twenty ninth, so it's 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 already a couple of weeks ago now. But uh, I, I do these covers uh, mostly because I, I don't I, I don't do them for everybody. I, I I you know, but I do tend to think there are certain figures, certainly in, in archive TV uh, circles, if you like, who are kind of iconic and kind of you know really worth. I mean, everybody's worth mentioning, but but some of them sort of draw my eye more, and I sometimes think, yes, that's someone we should definitely do a cover for. And Jill Gascoigne was one of those people. I mean, she was uh, one of those astonishing actresses, anyway. But then she created this this role uh, as um, Maggie Forbes in uh, yes. Gentle Touch, uh, and basically, in many ways, changed the way women on on in, in British. Um, Police dramas were portrayed, you know, across the board. They, they kind of there's there's before that role and there's after that role. I mean, I've been watching a bit of Softly Softly recently, and uh, mm-hmm. who's the actress who plays in the first series of Softly Softly? Can't remember her name. It's gone completely. But there's always a bit of this strange um, relationship with WPC or woman police officer. I was watching a Morse this afternoon. Uh, and when he refers to someone, uh, have a talk to a woman police officer. <laughs> And it was kind of like, oh yeah, this this is this is this is on the cusp. This is where it all changed. And Jill Gascoigne was absolutely the forefront of that. The weird thing about that is that Morse is post uh, the Gentle Touch, isn't it? So you would have thought it would have caught up with it, really. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's just it was just kind of odd. It was the uh, Ghost in the Machine one. It was just it was a line in. I know I know he's supposed to be old fashioned and everything, but. Uh, although strangely not as much in Endeavour so there we go but um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it was just interesting that this I, I, went, I mean I was, I was uh, a spoiler alert I was doing you an article for Softly Softly and there's all this mm-hmm. S- W what is what is what is her, what is her actual rank the 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 the, the, um, the woman in it I think she's like a PC isn't she because they say she's a woman police officer so I think it's like a WPC you know, it's a very weird term. 
But it's just because it all seems to have a D in there. Is there some of the letters in there? It's like they didn't really know what to call them, but they had to put woman in it somewhere just to make yeah. sure everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, if she's a woman detective constable. Ah, that's probably it, yes. PWDC. So that sounds about right. PWDC yeah. does sound about right, yes. But, yeah, because there was a, a Softly Softly we watched the other week. Um, I can't remember if it was an Alan Pryor one or not. But they, they sent the, the, uh, the woman police officer to talk to a suspect. Hmm. And and when she came back, she wasn't happy because it was there was a bit of subterfuge involved, and 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 she sort of goes off, and they and they basically said they weren't women, eh? Women, you know. <laughs> well, again, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I mean, even in uh, when you go back to um, uh, the Blue Lamp, you know, the the, the, the the women police officers have been part of it because they have to be. You know, you can't not have people doing that job who are women. But there's there's so much go and make the tea love, go and bring the biscuits love, really. You know, in, certainly mm. in, even in, in television portrayals over the years. And 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 like I say, it kind of changes with Gentle Touch. Was Gentle Touch before Juliet Bravo or not? It was a couple of months before Juliet so, Bravo. So it was slightly yes. ahead of the book, slightly ahead yes. of the curve. Because yeah. yeah. so. they're very close, but I don't know what where they are in terms of actual commissioning. Because mm. yeah. I, I don't know when... I don't know when the sort of idea, but I, I do wonder whether like one lot got wind that the other lot were doing one mm. and thought they yeah get a sniff of, of it so do, we'll do, rush this do through the, do the same. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know because it takes a long time to pull a, get pull together a television series, so I can't imagine you could do it that quickly. Yeah. Because because thinking because yeah. thinking of um, one of my favourites, Bergerac, there are no senior female roles in that series. The only the only female roles are either girlfriends of Bergerac or. Or the, um, Peggy, um, hmm. um, the sort of the secretary uh, type um, uh, position, um, but yeah, so, so they were they were sort of behind, considering hmm. that show was on in, into the early nineties. But it's a zeitgeisty thing, isn't it? That's the thing. You, you get that sense that th- this needed to happen, and and it's like when those two volcano films came out in the same year. You know, some sometimes they just they happen independently, and then they sort of both happen at the same time, and it's seen as a rivalry almost. But actually, they were probably independently commissioned, and it just is a massive coincidence. But well, what year was Gentle Touch? It's oh, we did an article about this. I should know. Is it? It's eighty-one, I think, isn't it? Right. Gentle Touch. Yeah, it's a very early eighties, I think. So, so despite all, everything that happened in the nineteen seventies, that's the first pr- proper British female police officer series based yes, series yes and I think it's it's beaten by Cagney and Lacey by a couple of years by a year or so because yeah. I think the first sort of the pilot for Cagney and Lacey is late 70s yes so yes. yeah it's, it's it is an interesting idea it's it's yeah you wonder why they never thought about it but yeah. I mean course, they did um, have um, Angie Dickinson didn't they uh, oh police woman yeah yeah well that was yeah, I've never seen that it was kind of it was kind of oh, it, 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 they talk about black exploitation movies but you kind of feel it was it was woman exploitation really it's a bit like charlie's <laughs> angels in that sense you know mm. you know it's it's kind of not not really there you hesitate to sort of say you know but but there to be looked at rather than necessarily um, you know, because because you're actually seen as a competent person, if that's not yeah. terribly terribly damning way of looking at it. <laughs> yes, I can I can see what you mean. And of course, the weird thing about Juliet Bravo is the original idea for the title is Inspector Mom. 
Right. Oh dear. I think somebody yeah. went, oh no, that's an awful title. <laughs> I have seen a piece of paperwork which says Inspector Marvel. It? Yeah. <laughs> it just looks horrible. It looks horrible. Sounds like a sitcom, doesn't it? Sounds like a bad sitcom as well. Oh, that, that's terrible. Isn't it? I mean, I know that pilot and, and titles can be a problem, but that, that's just diabolical. It does sound like the the punchline to a carry on joke as well. <laughs> it does. It? Yeah. You might as well have called her the Goves or something. Probably uh, <laughs> Irene Handel as Inspector Mum. <laughs> Gran- Grandmum. <laughs> oh, speaking of sort of BBC sort of um, sort of commissioning and things like that, I was just having a look through Richard Marson's uh, JNT book the other day. Okay. And we, we talked about Miss Marple and Joan Hickson and how, yes. how right she was hmm. for the part. But there's a quote here from David Reed, who was head of series and serials at the time. We'd got the rights to do Miss Marple and Guy Slater, the producer, had come to me and said, I know who I want, Joan Hickson. And I said, Are you sure? I don't see it, Guy, but you're the producer. If you want her, you have her. But Guy was right and I was wrong. Yeah. So I just I just love the idea that there was a, a question mark over over casting James. Is, is, is there any is, is there any guesses at what the alternatives were? The suggestion? No, not yeah. not at all. He he doesn't expand on that. It's it's no. just the, the thought that your head of department goes. Are you sure that's the right casting decision? <laughs> you see what 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 surprises me is I mean I I I know that um, she was quite well known for playing comedy drunks, wasn't she? In, in the films of the sort of fifties and sixties, but I kind of can't quite get my head round how old she was when she was cast as Miss Marple mm. uh, but you know because I think sometimes producers are a bit they worry that people are a bit too old and they might not last you know <laughs> yeah. I mean because I, I know that uh, you're not a fan of the ITV Miss Marples or well, Marple as she's known in the ITV <laughs> ones but I actually I, I don't really mind them that much though they are I do quite use them as, as, as background noise a lot of the time I will have one on the background mm. but only half be watching it but out of the two versions of Miss Marple that ITV did I think I actually like the Julia McKenzie version better she's better there's casting a bit more, yeah. there's a bit more steel in there yeah Jodie McEwen's <clears throat> just a bit too fluffy and, and, and I think of, the, the yeah. problem with the ITV version is one is that change casting change anyway because it just yeah. it, you know why not just stop it for a few years and then make it again but they ran out of titles very quickly and wanted to make so they've they put lots of ones where they crowbarred her into completely different and inappropriate stories yes. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they messed they messed around with the, the actual books a lot they did and yes. and that's kind of a no-no i mean the the, the, the thing about the the bbc version i mean the, the, it's only there are only 12 proper full-length novels aren't there of Miss Marvel and they did them all and they did them all quite you know properly as it were you know mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't mess around with them too much I mean they may have you know con- compacted them and and sort of got rid of certain plot points but they were pretty they were pretty faithful adaptations and the problem I have well the problem we have is that when when whenever the other version is on and <clears throat> I've started recording them for reasons at the moment but um <laughs> I can stand about ten minutes, and they just annoy me too much. <laughs> but Paul, you you mentioned last time about cat's eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you? Now, 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 I I I think that's become a bit of a forgotten show now. So, yes. can you just remind us 
why you you like a bit of cat size? Well, I think I pass, partly I was probably a bit too young for the gentle touch, and I think the gentle touch probably would have felt a bit adult. Whereas I think um, I, th- I think something like cat size was probably a bit more like Dempsey and Makepeace. It was a bit more fun and maybe um, silly, and um, uh, I, I, it, I, I, it was it was almost a sort of um, Trying to be the Avengers. Yeah, mixed with <laughs> the Charlie, Avengers meets Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I just, and it was very eighties title sequence, and um, I just remember quite liking it. And uh, but I would have been, I would have been quite you know, sort of ten or eleven or whatever when it when it started. And uh, it's just one of those ones that uh, I, I I would like to see again, but I. I know that there's problems with rights and things um, has, has it vanished has it never been released or anything no no there's I, know, I think there might I one or two episodes on youtube but right. i know was it Ro- rosalind lander was in the f- she only in the first series and then got replaced or something yeah, there there's, was, there's the ash yeah. come in later or something but yeah there was i think there were three so, three seasons um right something like that but, uh, yeah so my actual was, memories of specific episodes are, are, are very hey it's more the idea that I knew I quite liked the show and it was quite sort of campy and silly and I um, imagine quite different from what she was like in The Gentle Touch because um, uh, Maggie Forbes was sort of well one of one of the bosses sort of a, a boss above, above over the other the other girls but uh, then she had a boss as well so um I mean that's the the kind of strange and peculiar thing, isn't it? That the I'm sorry, I've just got uh, pulled it up here now. But it's it's kind of uh, it, it it it's like you've got all the surrounding cast in Gentle Touch, and they all just sort of disappear. Mm-hmm. It's that whole life is is no longer there, you know. And it's not it's not it, it's a spin off, but it sort of isn't, you know. It's mm-hmm. kind it's kind of strange from that point of view. I was just realising it's uh, Don Warrington. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, of course. And, yeah. Uh, of course, turns up in Death in Paradise. <laughs> yes, yes, doing another yeah. sort of grumpy boss. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wonder. What, I wonder, is it? Yes. wonder what made them think of you know having Maggie Forbes in it rather than just starting with a completely new cast and not having any connection with it. I suppose it was, um, yeah, the same. Had they done five, five years of of. A gentle touch by that stage, or something like that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they just wanted like to that. refresh yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, isn't it that isn't it a TVS show and TVS stuff's just tied up in a load mm. of of red tape because it's now owned by Disney or something? Yes, I, think you're right. I suppose yeah. thinking about it, I suppose thinking about it, I suppose it's like the softly, softly to Z cars. <laughs> yeah. In, in in the same way that you know, keep keep the character going. Yeah. But just in a different environment, so mm-hmm. yeah, just interesting that that they follow that. Yes, but that's that like path. taking um, taking Barlow from from Zed cars straight to Barlow at large. Yeah, because mm. Barlow at large is more sort of um, home officey, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm. okay, so they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't brave enough to make her a chief constable. Then. <laughs> no. Because you also mentioned there, Paul, about uh, Cagney and Lacey as well, and mm. that—that's something we've barely dipped our toe in yes. as well. But Lisa, you—you you, you wrote it down on your list. I didn't did, you? I did. Well, the thing about Cagney and Lacey is, it's—it's it's interesting because that everybody, when anybody thinks of Cagney and Lacey, you think of Time Daly and Sharon Gless. Mm. But Sharon Gless is <coughs> the third 
Christine Cagney. Yeah. Because um, in the pilot episode, it's um, Loretta Swit mm. from um, Mash, yeah. Mash, Mash, but they wouldn't let her out of her contract, so she couldn't do the series. And in the first series of it, the first proper series, you get Meg Foster, mm. who's... We haven't actually watched any of those episodes yet, but she's got the most amazing eyes. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say about her. She's got very penetrating blue eyes. So. But I always think, is this Meg Foster British? Or, or I'm not sure. Because I, I sort of vaguely remember in British dramas more than yeah. more than the American ones. I think she only, she only did about six, didn't she, of Cagney and Lacey? Oh, it's yes. It's not many. The, 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 no, the first series is quite short. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's... Again, that's it, that's an interesting setup that they have to fight to get to be recognised as 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 a proper police officers. Mm. You know, they have to come up against the male sort of the sexism and the sort of point of view of the men, male officers and all the jibes and everything. But it is, I do remember watching it at the time. So. Um my bizarre memory of it is not of it as such it's uh, of um, and I can't remember if it was during Barry Took or Anne Robinson's time on points of view there was an ongoing thing as to what the there's a, in the title sequence isn't there like a flasher or something and she yes. either the flasher says something or one of them either Cagney or Lacey says something and there was they were trying to get someone to lip read what was being said and it was an ongoing <laughs> thing on points of view for seemed to be months um, <laughs> and, and, uh, so that was my main um, can, uh, sort of because I always watch points of view, but um, I never watched really watched Cagney and Lacey. But that's is what it, I did know. <laughs> it's it's what well, it's just like a Willie only smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so what to say to that? I go for I go for innuendo. Martin just goes for pure filth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lisa, you'd written down a load of names from the rivals of Sherlock Holmes. I have because we talked yes. about rivals last time, but did. we didn't go through the the lady the, ones. The lady ones. So chuck some names at us. Well, I, mean, I think from the first series, you've got Lady Molly from the story "The Woman in the Big Hat." Yeah, um, and that's a really, really good episode for for actresses because it's predominantly female led. Yeah, I think you've only got a couple of 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 actors in there one of them being um, Peter Bowes yeah. as the policeman and he's uh, he's not that bright to be <laughs> honest she actually saves the day Lady Molly and she's played by um, Elvie Hale who had played um, Anne of Cleves in The Six Wives of Henry VIII with uh, Keith Michelle mm-hmm. and it's you know you, you also get like Anne Beach and I I was quite surprised when I saw this because I always associate Anne Beach with Fresh Fields she's the next door neighbour, Sonia. Sonia, Sonia. So, so there's a link with Julia McKenzie again. Uh-huh. So, and I could, so, I could have yeah. had my own series in the early seventies. I could have been a cutting edge detective. <laughs> yeah, she, she's her assistant in it. So, but it's yeah, it's a great series. It's it's really strong for for female parts. Pardon, next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going down that road tonight. <laughs> And from series two, you've got the, um, it's, I can't remember the, the complete title of it, but I think it's the, the uh, case of the unusual death on the Underground rail, Railway, oh, and yeah. that's um, Polly Burton, and it's, um, she's played by 
Judy Geeson, I think it is. Oh right, yeah. and Richard, that's also got Richard Beckinsale in. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a, so it must be sort of almost at the same time that he's doing something to do porridge. Uh-huh. So it's quite interesting to see him in a completely different part. Uh-huh. So, but Ju- Judy Geeson is is my my another one of my people who would have been Doctor Who Doctor Who had always been a woman actors. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 good. She's good, and then and because that's that's by. Um, Baroness Orsi, who wrote Scarlet Pimpernel, mm. so she's the got Pimpernel. a couple of sort of yes, couple of sort of female detective stories, and I think the most bizarre one, or one of the most bizarre ones on there, is the Secret of the Fox Hunter, which has got Derek Jacobi as the main detective, uh-huh. but there's a, there's a whole sequence which is meant to be set in France, which is basically in a room with a French flag on the wall and a, I think a man on a bicycle I remember that yeah, yeah. with onions mm. and he's, he's got Denise <laughs> how can you tell you're in France well <laughs> it's got Denise coffee in it from um, do not adjust your set okay. so as a very small spy <laughs> a very small spy what inch high private eye a tiny spy <laughs> That's, yeah. that's the really weird a mini spy he just, oh, no, that's he just dies at the end doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> oh you've given the end away then oh well, that's a spoiler <laughs> it's 40 years old you've had 40 years to what, watch did he it. eat a poisoned onion or something <laughs> no it's, I think he, he somebody tries to poison him and you think he's okay and then at the end just before the credits he just dies and you're oh. like oh. Oh. oh well there you go okay so, that's one of the yeah odder episodes okay yeah. And then also from that second series, you've got. How would you say you would say it? Well, you just seem to have written down Hagar. That's how you spell it. And to me, Hagar was that hairy Viking <laughs> in the comic strip that was in the sun. Oh, Hagar, the old one. wasn't a woman. Yeah. So, and she, that's the mystery of the amber beads. Yeah. Um, and she's like she's a sort of a gypsy character, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, you know, that's. I mean, obviously, that series is predominantly male characters because when the stories were written, it was predominantly male-led. But it's nice. But you've got a decent showing there, actually. Yeah, female characters. And as you said, any of those could have been spun off into into other ones. I think probably the strongest out of those would have been Lady Molly because she is a detective, so, you know, rather than... I think the, 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 the golden age of, of uh, detective fiction, though, it, since um, they've been the, the British Library have re- started reprinting a lot of the more obscure lost stories from from the twenties and thirties. Uh, there were a lot more female detectives that just didn't catch on, but there's a lot more books that feature them. So, you know, it's actually something is being done to redress that balance, even if it's a century too late. You know. So, I mean, then you've also got coming a bit more well. I say coming a bit more up to date. It's not that up to date because it's probably about twenty or so years ago. You've got t- DCI Jane Tennyson, yeah. ah, prime by, suspect. Um, yes. yes, Helen Who, Mirren, who's a cat. Who is a cat? She's the first well. cat detective. She's not a cat detective. <laughs> you better explain that. <laughs> Susan Cowan has um, a few cats, yeah. and she likes to give them unusual names. Right. And one of the cats is called DCI Jane Tennyson. Right. and she's here tonight (laughs) Dealey does impressions Dealey has memories of of these programmes he wants to share 
<laughs> I do love that story about Jane Kalman saying that she was she was going to go on the um, Orient Express and so she bought all the tweeds and did the full Margaret Rutherford for her dance. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's the way to go on the Orient Express, if you ask me. I mean, the thing about Prime Suspect is that even though it's relatively more recent, there's still a lot of sexism and, and, and she still has to fight to to, you know, get herself regarded yeah. by the men you know she it's one of these ones where she goes in and they don't respect her yeah it's kind of it's the, kind of the big for thing it. for the series isn't it that she she has to prove herself yeah. and certainly in that first one i mean i don't think yes. I, I stuck with it for all the seasons but that that first one because uh, it's got uh, tom bell in it as well hasn't it as a right old it has yeah, yeah. And uh, and he uh, uh, yeah the, it's, it's it's basically is it like six episodes and it's a total war for the entire mm. to get any kind of accreditation until until you earn the respect which I know is a is a trope anyway but it, you know, it has to be done you know yeah she's so, brilliant though isn't yeah. she she is brilliant I mean to be fair you know it's uh, Helen Mirren is fabulous in in Prime Suspect she uh, is she is uh, I, I'm I'm very. I very can. Um, I've never seen it, but I'm very very curious about um, uh, the the show Mrs. Columbo. Do you know about this? It was oh, Caleb's oh, yes. a mystery. It, yeah, it, it was. It, I think when the original Columbo series finished, they uh, they kind of wanted some way of finding you know some way of of, uh, of continuing it, um, but it was never endorsed. You know, proper by Peter Fulk never appeared in it uh, and um, there were two seasons of it but uh, and it was uh, Kate Mulgrew um, was was Kate Columbo uh, yeah but uh, then I think perhaps in the second season she was supposed to be divorced from him so uh, it appears to have had it says on the Wikipedia page that it, it was called Mrs Columbo then it was later known as Kate Columbo and also Kate the Kate the detective, and then Kate loves a mystery. So I'm not sure. Okay. There was only 13 episodes. I don't know whether there's literally those titles appeared on, on different episodes or what. But uh, um, <laughs> it uh, seems quite a uh, yeah. I'll, it's a shame that it's not. Uh, I don't think it's part of my Columbo box set. But uh, it's probably uh, probably completely <laughs> buried in legal red tape somewhere in yeah. the depths yeah. of, of sort of Universal Studios or something. They probably burned all the <laughs> negatives or something. Or, or do Columbo fans operate on the principle if it hasn't got Patrick McGowan or John Aston in it? Then yeah. <laughs> John Aston's fine now. Oh, John Aston's in... Um, He's in Murder, She Wrote. In Murder, She Wrote yeah. all the time, yeah. Being so, boggly-eyed and slightly over the top. <laughs> That's yeah. a description of your acting style, isn't it? <laughs> what are you remembered for? Well, mostly... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Columbo's mostly Patrick McGowan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It always seems to be Patrick McGowan. Yeah. You turn it over and go, "Oh, Patrick McGowan." <laughs> there he is again. But of course, I mean, when, if you're talking about female detectives born up to date, you've also got Rosemary and Time, mm-hmm. or Sage and Onion, as you call them. <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, Stephen Gallagher gets excited sometimes if Rosemary Times on because it might be his episode. Well, wasn't there some sort of mowing machine contraption or something in one of his episodes? Possibly. It was a weird, weird, weird yeah. thing. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really. It doesn't really stick in my head. Unfortunately, no. the, the plots of those ones. No. But, um, well, it, again, it's it's the Jessica Fletcher, 
Fletcher effect that everywhere they go, somebody gets murdered. And sooner or later, you'd be thinking, hang on a minute. I was going to say, I wonder what their reviews on sort of checkertrade.com are like. (laughs) They did a good job on the garden, but somebody died. We found six people buried in the shrubbery, but, you know, apart from that, yeah, it's a very nice view, thank you very much. Four stars out of five, knocked one off of the dead body. The dead yes. body, yeah. <laughs> if only they hadn't killed my, my, my wife, it would have been fine. <laughs> it's bizarre. But, but Lisa, um, mm. t- talking about sort of... Uh, lady detectives yes i think that brings us neatly on to paul darrow playing a lady oh gosh and paul, being a detective paul darrow playing a lady yes yes, yes. that's that's one of those episodes it's, it, it's in an episode of the last series of Who Done It, and um it's one of those episodes where you're watching it and all of a sudden you realize who it is yeah um and at that point you have to applaud the bravado because Paul Darrow plays the whole episode in a dress, doesn't he? Does. he? <laughs> Not the wig, he takes the wig off. Yeah. But yeah, the whole episode in a dress. But yeah, that's really odd. Because he also gets to play his version of Columbo in an episode. Because yeah. he does an episode where he's basically playing it as a northern northern Columbo. Yeah, he's really? sort of hunched over. He's, he is. he's even got the blo- body and the language, hasn't yeah. he? In the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, who done it is... Although technically not a detective series, it's a detection game, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's a great series. Can, can I ask uh, Paul and Martin? Uh, have you actually seen much in the way of Who Done It or or, or Dead? Funnily it? enough, I've got all but the last season. Um, I, I'm about halfway through the third. I think I am. But, uh... I, yeah, I've got a season, and I can't remember which one it is. And I can't remember whether I just picked it randomly or whether it was because of the guests that I knew were on that season um, yeah but I don't know I, I haven't watched a lot of it but <laughs> yeah. oh, we'd, rec- we'd rec- recommend dipping your toe further yes. in the water with Who yeah. Done It I think it's great fun yeah. and it, it seems to get more bonkers as it goes along yeah, for the last <laughs> series I think because they know it's the last series they just don't care <laughs> what's that one with Kate O'Mara as a pirate oh that's um <laughs> I can't remember what the episode's called, but yeah, she's a pirate called Chet- Treasure Chest. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's a really odd episode. <laughs> yeah. Because so. um, there's also one uh, in an earlier series, which we did do a review of for the podcast, uh, Future Imperfect, yeah. with Bernard Horsfall as the murder victim in the most ridiculous outfit you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I think Warren was a bit traumatised by that, wasn't he? Because it's... The thing about who done it, it's not just the who's um, in the play, it's who's on the panel yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, you get some amazing people. I think the, the, the most unusual one is, there's a, I think it's, it's a one about a, a missing painting. And you've got Kingsley Amis at one end of the panel and Arthur Mullard at the other end of the panel. And it's just such a bizarre, uh, you know, sort of pairing. Well, we said Amis like, and Mullard is a bit ITV yes. as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Bernard Horsfall one has got like Magnus Pike and Lindsay Wagner. Yes, <laughs> yes. and he's, he's set uh, And the bionic woman, see, there's, there's a detective sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. But yeah, it's because um, particularly in the early seasons, because later on for the last few series, they had a TV Times competition each year 
and no. the winners of the competition would be one of the members of the panel. Yeah. Okay. But early on, you've got the panel and you've got the audience and the audience also get to try and work out who done it. Um. And when they announce the audience winner, they reveal their whole address. <laughs> Literally, their whole address. Oh. And you're like, is that safe? I should get out Google. Does that mean we? Yeah, can yeah. we? Can we? Can we Google these postcodes? This is this is fabulous. Yes, they're still there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is, this, is this even p- before postcodes? I'm I not think sure. it, yeah. Yeah, but it's just the yeah. full postal address, so yes. we should be able to find them. Yeah, but yeah it's, and it's really odd because they, they come up and eventually there's a trophy. But to start with, they get they get the point, the chance to have something that was used in the play. Yeah, you can have any old tap from the set, like a yeah. typewriter. Yeah. Can I have that camera? <laughs> In the Paul Darrow episode, the win, the, the audience member winner wants a weekend in London and to see a play, and I can hear, I can almost hear the producer shouting, "No, we can't afford that." <laughs> we can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is so, yeah, of course, you've got John Pertwee as the host, but he's because he's a guest in the first series, which is hosted by um, Edward Woodward. Yeah. Um, it, Rather badly to start with, but he gets better as he goes along. Um, but John John Pope is very very naughty in the episode he's in. He's obviously decided. Oh yes. Oh yes. That he'd like he'd like the job of host, <laughs> and he plays up dreadfully, doesn't he? Mm. So never knowingly understated, though, is he? <laughs> oh, definitely never knowingly understated. But Martin, do you actually remember seeing them at the time? Cause yes, I'm very old. Yes, all right. <laughs> No, 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 no! I do, no, and Warren no. does. No, I, but... I do remember that. I, I used to watch Who Done It, uh, probably because I used to watch Doctor Who, and it was. I think they they did do a big thing in the TV Times. They kept calling him Doctor Who Done It, and you'd, you'd kind of, I'd tune in for that, you know. But there are there are sort of snippings in the old scrapbooks of of Who Done It. Uh, so they, the book the book cover I've got you know and 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 when when it came back and they used there were articles in the TV time so yeah it was, it was we were very aware of it and I would watch it you know but uh, it, I, I don't it's, it's it's one of those things I don't particularly remember as watching as a family so it was probably but then again it yeah in real terms it was probably just another quiz show you know you know you didn't I I I didn't really sink in as you know when I was that age that it was anything other than another panel show and boom you know. But I do remember, I do remember uh, Anushka Hempel and Patrick Mower specifically being sort of residents on it. For, you know. Yes, Anushka Hempel and her very expensive furniture. <laughs> She's now a, now a uh, interior designer, and you can buy a chair for how much was it? it was, oh, thousands! It was of something pounds. like fifteen hundred pounds for a chair. It didn't wow. even really look very comfortable because it was once sat on by John. <laughs> <laughs> Because in in the last series, you you get you alternate between Anushka Hempel and no, it's Lisa, yeah Lisa Gardard. No, Lisa Gardard's in it as the panelist, but I think Anushka Hempel does. No, it's Anna Dawson, isn't it? Yes. Right. Sorry, confusing myself. No, yeah, Anna Dawson is the one of the panelists um, in the last series, along with Lisa Gardard and. Um, Victor Spinetti for one episode yeah, possibly but it's very good for Doctor Who regulars oh gosh yes because you've got Nick Courtney trying to dance yes he, he gets he gets bumped off doesn't he if you've got William Russell yeah with an eye, eye patch, patch. Yeah. <laughs> you've got Katie Manning yes you've got Mary Tam yes so that is yeah. even before Romana before Romana yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the Virgin from Dad's Army's in that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that Rom the first Romana and the Verger from Dad's Army meet and it, are related and are related, yeah. mm. it just just sends us sort of into spin-off fiction. Yeah. You know, yeah. just because you get you get Christopher Biggins as well, right. and uh, wonderfully actually underacted, not oh. not over too over the top. I kind of think with the panels, though, they were they were kind of if they were filming something else for Thames, they sort of got roped in, you know. I mean, I, I, there was a, there was a very short amount of time where there's a lot of articles at the time of Lindsay Wagner being over in London, and there's lots of photos of her lifting up a mini car that got in all the papers, and you would kind of imagine that was probably the same week where they said, "Do you want to do who done it?" <laughs> there's an offer you can't refuse. You. But I imagine that because Mary Tam did an episode of The Saint, didn't she? Uh, Return of the Saint, and and um, so I imagine a lot of these these panelists may have just had some other series on 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 Thames at the time. Yeah. I mean, quite often they were plugging, weren't they? At the end of the episode, they were plugging. Oh, next week, at the end of the season, they said next week it's the return of Bob's Full House or whatever it was. Because isn't, isn't there an episode of Who Done It, which is the first program shown in colour in the Channel Islands? Or something <laughs> yes. Like that? Yeah. This yeah, is what you've been missing. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. You get to see Pertwee in full colour. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing black and white as well, yeah. just to be awkward. Wow. <laughs> but, but of course, you get the, the who done it um, formula yeah. uh, again later on in the 90s when ICV made Cluedo. Yes, yeah. of course. Which yeah. had um, a rotating guest cast because Tom Baker at one point is in it as Professor Plum. But you get different... Every series they did, they recast yeah. the Cluedo characters. Yes. So, they all, they all know, got... They, they all did it one week, though, because it was six-week one, wasn't it? So, yes. so if you watch the first five, you're pretty new. What? <laughs> it was going <laughs> to be the new. murder in the last. Yeah. yeah. I remember the and Tom Baker one. I think I had that on tape somewhere a long time ago. Yeah. But it's uh, it's kind of... Um, it's just it's just when he says, Yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you get Paul Darrow in one of those, overacting madly. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. is McCallum in? McCallum, so. David McCallum is also a Professor Plum, I think. All right. Yes, mm. in one of the latest series. I lose track of who's played mm. it and who hasn't. Yeah. Um, but is that another show you can't really get hold of? It's very hard to get hold of. It's never been commercially released. No. So it's what scraps you can find on Well, I, I definitely know really. on a video cassette somewhere I have the Tom Dunnett one because because it says so on the spine. <laughs> Tom done it. <laughs> That's the kind of labelling I used to do, you know. <laughs> I, I sent you a page of my uh, a few weeks ago of my, my, my videotape catalogue of, of nothing very oh, yeah. obscure at all. And it's that kind of detail that you get in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Elaine was very into Elaine liked though, it a lot, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I quite liked it as well. I remember watching it at the time. Yeah, I watched it. So I mean Do we know do we know what years that covered? I think it's early nineties. Yeah, I might, so. have, I might have drifted a bit by the time I got to university because mm. TV was a bit of a luxury. <laughs> um, uh, if I was taping it, it would have been after eighty-seven, certainly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's. I couldn't tell you precisely, but I think it's early to mid nineties. Mm. But did you ever play Cluedo in real life? Oh yes. Yes, I I I once oh, I once played Cluedo with my family. And um, my brother sulked when he he didn't get the winner and pulled the cards out and threw them on the table and flounced off. <laughs> and he was an adult at the time as well. 
So, yeah. He wasn't a very good loser, my brother. Oh, bless. So. <laughs> the, so, uh, the, yeah, the movie version is got is that the one that's got the three endings or something? Is that, is that right? The two is that, they said Clue. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry. As, uh, yeah. I never know whether they showed all three endings in, in the cinema or whether you literally got a different print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was watching a Hane this afternoon, weirdly. Uh, had it on the shelf for a while and um, I was thinking, that sand pit looks familiar. <laughs> 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 I bet that's up the road from you lot. <laughs> Probably. Yes. yes. Robert, uh, Robert Powell at his best British, you know, hero yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, we've had it on the shelf for a while I, I bought it about the same time I got raffles and I thought oh it's the same kind of thing and for some reason we just never got around to it so I unwrapped it this afternoon we've got it here somewhere couldn't tell yeah. you where but yeah. it's in a pile <laughs> aren't they all yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. speaking of raffles I mean obviously that's the other side of the law mm. and you're, you're rooting for him rather than Inspector McKenzie but um, what do we think generally of James Maxwell's interpretation of Inspector McKenzie and the pilot? I think he's desperately trying to find an accent, yes. isn't he? <laughs> don't know which accent. Well, I've, I've done this before, yes. but there, there's a bit where he's sort of... Uh, is it a rope ladder a ro- or something? Rope, yeah, find and apologies for this, but he, he comes out with something like... Something like Hello! Is it over a window? <laughs> That's possibly even worse than his accent, though. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I think that was um, probably based on on uh, Doctor Finley's case book, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was that was his that was the research he did. But of course, once you actually go to series, because there's a two year gap between the pilots no and the actual series starting, you get Victor Caron, who was in the Gunfighters, yeah. as Inspector McKenzie. And you have to feel kind of sorry for him because he's always never gets the better of raffles. And there's there's one episode, it's the um, Graham Crowden episode, mm. where he's he's literally raffle um, Bunny's hiding in a cupboard, and he's he doesn't see him. Right. He's got no peripheral. He's got vision. no peripheral vision. And it's you know it's like he's there, Bunny's there <laughs> behind you. you. <laughs> well, beside you, beside you. <laughs> but Graham Crowden doing a panto performance. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. <laughs> Let me in. It's the master. <laughs> How many nine one have you seen today? <laughs> <laughs> but who did you say is a guest in that? Actually, Jill Gascoigne's in an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um in the I think it's about the third episode of the series, and it's got uh, Alfred Marks in it as the main sort of. Is that one of the few things where Alfred Marks wasn't actually on a game show or a panel game? Playing Alfred Marks. Yeah, he'd just come off the Who Done It set that very much. Yeah, Yeah. and she's she's his lady friend. Oh yeah. So it's it's him and Brian Clover. Because Marina Sirtis pops up. Yes, Marina Sirtis is in in one with um. Oh, I, I can't think of his name. Film director. Oh, he'll yes. come back to me. Yeah, um, he did with Nan and I. Mm. So, yes, yes, yeah. I know who you mean. Yeah, I can't pitch. I can't get his. Yeah, mm. yeah, I know exactly who you mean. Yeah. yeah. And, oh. there's, and there's also there's also the episode with um, John Savadon, and he he gets he gets set on fire, and suddenly he's tall and thin instead of broad and fat. 
James it's James Grout, isn't it? As the film director, or is that? Am I thinking? No. Is that? Is that someone? No, no. He's 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 actually um, the, the director of With None and I. He's, he was an actor at that point. Oh, I see what you mean. And um, yes, he's yeah. he's um, he's in it as in a small part. Oh. <laughs> as, a, as a small part, are we back to the flasher again? <laughs> I don't, I just remember when I was watching Rivals, and then I watched something else, and James Grout was a film director again. And I thought, oh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> James, James Grout's played a lot of policemen over his career because, of course, he's, he's the. Um, is he an inspector in the Box of Delights? Or a sergeant? Yes, he is. Oh, the, the useless. Yeah, the useless policeman. The useless yeah. policeman. He's more interested yeah. in making possets. Yeah. And he's, the, he's the, this, what is he, the bulldog of the. Is he the bulldog of the law? Oh, 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 oh no, I can't remember that. Yeah. Uh, it involves wobbling your cheeks, it doesn't does. it, to do the impression? But he's, he's wonderfully rubbish. <laughs> Hang on, I'll have a go. The yeah. nose of, of the law. Yeah. That's it. There you yeah, go. The nearly <laughs> fell off. <laughs> I'm not redrawing that cartoon for that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, again, the, the images. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think my favourite Raffles episode is the Robert Hardy one. Because it's such an extraordinary performance, yeah. and we have covered this, but it's the fact that he has to spend about half of the episodes pretending to be dead. Oh yes, that's right. And they're and, just lugging and, him around yeah. the set and on location, um, aren't they? They are. They are. It's, it's, it's an amazing performance. Yeah. Easy so. life. You just get carried for the entire episode. I've been carrying you for years, Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, of course, you, uh, uh, Marina Sirtis and uh, and Robert Hardy both turn up in in the Sherlock Holmes series, the Granada version. So, uh, of course, yeah. You know. mm. I was going to say, Paul, you you probably don't remember Raffles, and I don't either. So, would Nick have been the first person to show you? Yes, Raffles, because yeah, I know he had a few VHSs. Didn't yeah, he's he? uh, um, he's a big fan of Raffles, and yeah, he's definitely shown me because I was uh, I was going to. Uh, mentioned Marina Sirtis myself because that's one of the thing, one of the, the tidbits I do know from Nick, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think he remembers it. I think he 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 must have been relatively young, but he he, he I think he saw it at the same at the time it was screened. I get the impression but, with ITV, and again, this is this is probably another one of those strange false memories that I sometimes have. But I get the impression that all these sorts of shows used to turn up in the afternoon during the school holidays. Uh, they used to sort of stick them on after the news, and uh, so I'm, I'm convinced that's when I saw Callan. I suspect it's when I saw Public Eye as well. But um, but things like Raffles used to just turn up in this sort of half past two in the afternoon slot, you know, in, on weekdays. Uh, so uh, I suspect that's when I first saw it. Um, have have either of you watched any um, Mr. Reader with the uh, wonderful Hugh Burden in? Oh yes, from the, the early seventies. I I have it, and I think I feel like I, I might have bought it for Nick for a Christmas present, but I haven't seen much of it yet. So I know you recommended oh, it. It's highly recommended because mm. it's it actually it it, it um, sandwiches his uh, spearhead from space um, appearance nicely because there's one series in '69 and one in '71 mm. I think so and it's it's a vastly obviously different performance but he's absolutely wonderful. 
isn't he? Mm. Mr. Reader is, you know, he's the kind of kind of chap you'd want on your side if you were in a bit of trouble because he's, he's determined stuff. to get yeah. to the truth. Yeah, it's, it's very compulsive, but also it has that that wonderful air of uh, again the, the cleverest man in the room, but the most underestimated man in the room as well. You know, it's, uh, yes, and of course you get you get. Um, Will you be Goddard? We had terrible trouble talking about once for some reason. <laughs> um, it increasingly silly the more we said it. As Sir Jason, who always seems to have a young lady sat on his knee, doesn't he? <laughs> Can we recreate that scene now? No. no. Would really work on audio. It's the thing about uh, Willoughby Goddard is he's vast, isn't he? Or at least I thought he was wearing a very vast suit. And... Uh, and you kind of think, well, he can't have lasted long. But he actually, he lived to be a ripe old age, you know. Mm. <laughs> he, he just kept going, you know. And you kind of think, well, carrying that weight, surely not. So but I don't know whether later, is there, is there any later telly with, with Willoughby Goddard in it? I'm not sure. I'm not we sure. should look him up. We should. Yeah. And see, see where, you know, if he did much after that. But um, mm. Uh, thinking about that actually I'm just, I was just thinking because you were looking earlier at the start of a Mr Reader and I think this um, that, that particular episode is uh, there's some foggy scenes in it and there's there's a Ruffles where there's a f- one on a boat isn't there mm. and it's meant to be foggy which would work if you couldn't hear the smoke machine going off <laughs> chugging away in the background yeah. <laughs> but he wrote one it's, it's, didn't he Hugh Burden he actually wrote an episode didn't he no, he didn't. did yeah. he did the um, poetical policeman yeah Yes. Was that the last one? Or? Uh, no. It's no. about halfway through the first series, I think. Because yeah. oh, okay. Colin Baker pops up he in does. it as well. Yeah. 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 He was amazed. You've got, oh, was it? Oh, is that out? No, oh, is that, that, is that one where we sent Colin a picture? And yeah. he went, What's that? is that Mr. Reader? Yeah. Is that out? <laughs> is that on video? Yes. Oh, he's sitting in your agent's office, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another actor who doesn't know that stuff's officially available. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's, um, Mr. Reed is a very interesting series. Yeah. Now we we have in sort of the interim since the last recording, we've done a few Crown Courts. Haven't we have. We? So let's just yeah. zoom through the Crown Courts we've done. Okay. Yes. So we did the we well, we redid we rewatched um, the Death of Dracula. Yeah. Which is tremendous fun. By David Fisher. By David Fisher. Okay. If you want an odd story, watch the, the, the David yeah. Fisher ones. So Dracula is shot dead by a silver bullet on stage. Yes. <laughs> and then, his, then his wife is is up for murder yes. in, in Crown She loaded the gun. In Fulchester. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is huge. Uh, I mean, I, I think my absolute favourite of uh, episode of Crown Court, well, there's two. There's the dogs, um, which is all about... Um, betting. Betting at the dogs. And there's a there's a whole long scene um, with Mary Wimbush delivering this speech about how the odds work, and it's stunning. It's you know you wonder how many takes it took to do it because it's just this long thing about what odds are what and everything, and she just rattles it off. And then you cut to um, Ian Marta, who's in that episode yeah. as a QC. And he's just sat there looking absolutely stunned. And the judge has to sort of, you know, prompt him to ask a question. <laughs> and then there's the um, dishwashers and persimmons episode, where the word persimmons gets increasingly funny the more it gets mentioned. Persimmon? Yes. There's <laughs> so the judge. We actually had to stop the DVD to look persimmons up to see what they were, didn't we? Yeah. 
but uh, yeah it, 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 the more you say it and it's actually quite a nasty story because it's all about sort of protection money and, yeah. and that sort of thing but it's just the repeated use of the word persimmons so the other one we did the other day oh, wait, 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 wait 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 you're oh, going to tell what, us now what? what a persimmon is <laughs> oh it's um, it's otherwise known as a Sharon fruit it's ah. a little orange fruit which is um, Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was me thinking it was a housing estate. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, we did the one with with the witch cult as well. Oh gosh, yes. The circle of witches yes. in Fulchester. The circle of witches. I just yeah. love the idea that all the ones we seem to have done sort of imply they're going to be supernatural, don't they? You yeah. had like Dracula and witches so yes. far. Yeah. Yeah. It just turns out that the the, the, the head witch who's accused of. Um, it's not murder, is it? Is it manslaughter? Manslaughter, cause she, because like, she like curses somebody to death. Or yeah, something. and then they die then a couple of days later, and then she says, "Well, you know, I'm not a real witch. I just do it for the money." <laughs> so. Right up your alley, this Paul. You see, you, you now. What am I missing? What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> and then the lo- I think the last last one we watched was um, Patch's Patch, right. and that was about um, somebody who would eat eat come up with this idea to build cheap houses for young couples but then he goes bankrupt and none of yeah. the houses have been built and he's Simon Holmes you see there you go yeah <laughs> and it's um it's Norman Rossington yeah. playing oh, right. the, the accused and he ha- he defends himself so you get lots of scenes where he, he, he he's out asking questions to yeah, himself. To himself that's a really bizarre sequence because <laughs> He asks a question, then he answers it, then he never. Uh, I'm like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, because there's a really over-the-top actor in that one, isn't there? There's yeah. in the the first episode. There's a an actor who's playing one of the um, young couple, part of the young, one of the young couples, and he's really enunciating every <coughs> single word that he says. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is really <coughs> odd. Did this guy have much of a career? And he did. So. But you know, maybe it's just this performance that was a little bit odd. But yes, we we, we might be doing um, a crown court for a, for episode forty nine. Yeah, possibly. Mm, we've got to decide yet. Yeah. I, I have very very strange memories of, of crown court because it was on th- three consecutive days at lunchtime, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, usually if I remember rightly. And I. W- w- <laughs> Being having a wonderful childhood in the sense that I used to just be left in the house on my own all day because you know you could, you could in those days and nobody would get you dragged away and uh, I would just watch telly but of course some days in the week I, it would be arranged that I would go to someone's house for dinner so I was always kind of annoyed because I would always miss either the end or the or the beginning or the middle of a Crown Court story and it's typical you would get really engro- engrossed in them you know you'd really want to know how it was going to turn out I've got to go oh, I've got to go there for lunch tomorrow oh, I'll miss I don't know done it that sounds like me I was very resentful in the 80s I, one time I played did cornet practice at the local band and then also I was uh, did, did Cub Scouts and that that either um, you know generally interacted or overlapped with Doctor Who episodes. Um, and I was not pleased. I think I might even have left Cub Scouts as a result. Uh, Bring back Saturdays. Like yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? I mean, I I I, I remember. I, I think I missed some of Earthshock 
for because I was in rehearsal for the school play, and I, I was sat there seething at this, having to stay at school. <laughs> what I want to go and watch Doctor Who. Thank you very much. You know, don't you know I'm a fan? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just terrible, terrible times. <laughs> I was going to ask um, if you had to no- nominate a detective to have a series now. Um, either an old show that you think would really work now or maybe from a series of books that have never really been turned into a telly thing who would you who would you nominate as a, as a series to for the future Lisa I, I would possibly go for um, either uh, Max Carados mm. I'm not sure who play him these days or perhaps um Karnaki. All right, okay. Because you could do lots of interesting things. Yeah. I think either of those would work because they've both got unusual um, aspects to their lives, yeah. obviously, because Max Carroll's is blind and Karnaki's interested in the supernatural. Yeah. Because I definitely want to see a, a Mr. Reader series being made these days. Yeah. I, I think that would, yeah. that would just be such an interesting way to go because it, it ticks lots of lots of boxes in the, its sort of period and people you know always seem to like period stuff mm-hmm. don't they and it's just the sheer precise preciseness precision of his precision. character preciseness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no such word but the sheer precision of his character the way he always comes through the door at exactly n- n- nine o'clock <laughs> well um, I, I'd like to see Ace of Wands come back as an adult series. Not, not. It was never a children's series anyway. It was always an adult series that was stuck, that was stuck in a kid's um, uh, time slot. But uh, yeah, they, they, they could definitely bring that back. I don't know. I'm thinking. I, I, I having enjoyed them, I, I actually think that something, not necessarily a specific show, but something of the of the same kind of caliber or the same kind of style as as Dixon or as as Zed Cars or something like Softly Softly would would just be the sort of thing that would be a very good thing to be made now, you know. Of course my brain had already gone, Oh, what about if they remade Vanderbilt? And of course, huh <laughs> They have. Yeah. That's gone down well. Has it? But yeah well, it's it's not got the most glowing of reviews. No. But, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't get a lot of points from Pip's mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, see, she's obviously... Yeah, knows it, what didn't, she's it, didn't, about. it didn't get that seal of approval at all. No. <laughs> I think out of those, I would go for Dixon, because I think that's mm. really a series you could remake now, but set it in the 50s, make it the period piece. Oh, right. Because yeah. it's it's the young, young, sort of, the older policeman teaching the younger policeman the ways mm. of... of, of the area and the world. Um, I fear they might make it a bit too glossy these days. It wouldn't have well, that slightly sort of grubby look. Danger. Yeah. Is it? Did they? Because they did a radio version, didn't they? Uh, they did a while did. ago with yeah. um, David Tennant yes. in the first series. There's Andy Crawford, right? Yeah, but and, um, and David Calder. Yeah, just and David Calder. Oh, That's David Calder. Yes, yes. Oh, Star Cops. Yes. That died. Come back. I'd have yes. that back. I'd have that back as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's back in the way, isn't it? Because Big Finish are doing stuff for it. That's true. It wasn't Star Cops heading for Mars or something at the end of the first 
season, is that right? I've not they, seen it. I can't yeah, it's the last line, isn't it? Yeah, they were, they were, they were going to head to Mars, and yeah, and it never happened. But uh, but uh, but it's to, to be frank, you know, a series written by Chris Boucher would be you know pretty good, I think, because he yeah. had all the all the film noir and all the all the all the all the lingo and all the all the crime scene, all the crime series sort of tropes. You know, he he seemed to know what he was doing with that stuff. So uh, so, so that'd be good, wouldn't it? As well, you know. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, the other one I was thinking about was Miss Fisher. You, you've seen Miss Fisher, haven't you, Paul? Yeah. The, the, the Australian with Miriam Margulies, of all yes. things. Oh, I've seen, I've seen a bit of that. I have a feeling they're, yeah, I quite I like think that. they're making a movie or have made a movie that's, that was due out around now, but maybe it's been postponed because of mm. current situations. But, uh, yeah, mm. um, uh, I think I'm correct in saying that. So, so mm. yeah, I don't know if that's going to be... Because there is that, again, it's... The, it's, it's that and and also the Diana Rigg series where where she's the the detective you know uh, Miss oh the Mrs Bradley Mrs Mrs Bradley yeah. yes yeah, yeah. so there's that yeah. there is that kind of subculture of, of, of female detectives uh, which is always always worth considering but I I, I quite like the Australian one I, I, I didn't take to the sixties update oh I saw we that. did try one of those I saw that I bought the box set well it's only about three. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it, and there was also some cameos mm. of neighbours people, so that kind of, that might have just given it an added <laughs> bonus for me. But uh, um, well, yes, obviously. <laughs> I was reading a bit about mm. uh, Hetty Wainthrop as well. I didn't a I didn't realise that oh they Hattie, did a, yeah. they did a nineteen eighty nine film um, on, like a one off on ITV where which did, did have Patricia Routledge playing her, but quite differently. I don't know if that's on my box set. Um, whether the box mm-hmm. that I have is just the BBC ones, um, but I was okay. reading that um, they never actually they did four seasons and were it had been told that a fifth was was being written, and then it it just sort of never happened, um, wow. uh, and they were never told. That, oh, it's definitely not happening. It was more one of those. Sounds like it was one of those things that, uh, like like they uh, say about the end of after season twenty six where other p- mm. people's agents heard or s- the, the wrong people had to tell them so. you should you should phone up Big Finish and say Where, where's what you could do a Hetty Wainthrop series Mike yeah. you know yeah. is, is the, the missing <laughs> stories you know yeah, yeah they could get Katie in to do it couldn't they Katie Manning yeah. <laughs> absolutely you can do the accent yeah. I could see that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there you are there's a suggestion for Big Finish yeah there you go Big Finish so you heard you heard it here we expect, we expect a commission if you do it. <laughs> okay. You heard well, it on that last. note, <laughs> on that note, we'll say thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you to Lisa. Thank you. Thank you to Martin. Thank, thank you. you to Paul. Oh, thank you. We'll be back again soon. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>